Welcome to Health Talks Now, bringing you the facts you need to keep you and your family well. We're happy you're tuning in today. Baptist Health is committed to providing compassionate, high-quality care that is centered on you. Listen to all of our podcasts to hear from Baptist Health physicians about the latest medical advancements and treatments, and get trusted information on timely health topics from our healthcare professionals. Whether you want to learn more about a specific condition or procedure, or find tips for living a healthy lifestyle, Baptist Health is here to help you become a healthier you. Hey, Kendra, who do we have lined up today? Today, we are talking to Dr. Paige Quintero. She is a bariatric surgeon in our Lexington facility. And today we're going to talk about weight. Yeah. Quarantine 15. (laughs) Quarantine 15. I have, at this point, gained weight, lost weight, and gained it back. Same. (laughs) My biggest pants have been tight. Mm -hmm. Now I'm mostly into my yoga pants. Mm -hmm. So that's making me feel really good. That's all right. (laughs) I think we've had two bariatric surgeons at this point. We've discussed similar topics with Dr. Anthony Davis. That's right. And Dr. John Oldham. Yes. But this will be a unique spin. Yeah. I think not only is it going to be interesting to hear from a woman, I think it got its own unique perspective in just as a women, you know, we carry weight differently. We gain weight differently. We lose weight differently. Our hormones are at play. There's like the whole emotional factor of the weight. So I think that's going to be interesting. And then also, you know, she's got her own services to talk about. So it's going to be it's going to be good. And she has firsthand knowledge. Yeah, that's right. She's had the procedure. She has. Yes. Yeah. So she's she can... very successful as well in the central market. I know she sees a lot of people down in Richmond in addition to Lexington. Yeah. So she can speak from both the provider mm-hmm. as a physician and sure. kind of the clinical background and knowledge, but then also she's got the firsthand experience of what the patient goes through, what yeah. their journey's like. And she can tell you from her the horse's mouth, quote unquote, yes. what recovery is like. Sure. Absolutely. Not just what it should be like according to Studying it the literature. Yeah. You know, it's exactly. this is what I felt mm-hmm. when I woke up. Cool. You ready to jump in? Let's do it. All right. Dr. Paige Quintero, we're happy that you made time for us for this phone call today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Before we jump into this episode, we want to learn more about you. What led you to bariatric specialty? So I knew always that I loved surgery and I wanted to be a surgeon. But then when I went through residency, I had several things that interested me. At first, I thought I wanted to be a cancer surgeon. And then I thought I wanted to be a vascular surgeon. And then I was able to have some exposure to bariatric surgery. And I realized that this was a way I could help people not only with skill as a surgeon, but with my personal understanding of the disease because I've struggled with obesity my entire life. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, wow, wouldn't that be great for patients to have a surgeon who really understands what they're going through? Because I had never had cancer and I'd never had a vascular problem, but I had had obesity. So Mm -hmm. that is why I chose to go into bariatric surgery. And I have absolutely loved it. It's been the perfect career choice for me. And it's brought me a lot of fulfillment. Yeah, I can't imagine how rewarding it must be Mm -hmm. because after you treat 
this patient, you can affect risks for cancer or even some other vascular issues mm -hmm. or a plethora of medical conditions because of that comorbidity. Well, and you can change their whole family tree. Yes. Oh, yes. It can have long lasting yes. effects into generations beyond just them. Sure. Absolutely. I feel like bariatric surgery helps kind of overcome your genetics. You know, yeah. if you see, you know, look around, you see everyone in your family is struggling with their weight or struggling with heart disease. I can help you fix kind of what your genes have don't doomed you to we can fix that yeah so you spent some time out in the west region out in paducah correct yes when did you move to lexington or central kentucky and what prompted that transition so i am originally from louisville and my parents still live there and i have small children and so an opportunity came up for me to move here about four years ago and we took it and it has been a wonderful time here. Uh, we love Lexington. We love Central oh, Kentucky. I do too. And don't tell my parents, but I kind of love Lexington even more than I love living in Louisville. I do too. <laughs> I'm from Lexington and I'm a Louisville transplant now. So my heart oh, is, yeah. yeah, my heart's still in Lexington. <laughs> well, outside of treating patients and transforming lives through bariatric surgery, how do you spend your time outside the hospital? What are some hobbies that you enjoy? So I'm a musician and singer. Oh. I am the pianist at my church. I've pretty much always been the pianist at a church that I've gone to for since I was 12 years old. That's awesome. <laughs> and so we, my husband and I, um, he's also a musician. He's a saxophonist and a vocalist and a pianist. We can often be found playing and singing and making music. Um, and we have a four-year-old and a six-year-old who keep us on our toes as well. Oh, I get that. That's awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, let's start with the obvious. This year has been rough, and weight gain has been so prevalent this year that we've coined terms like the quarantine 15. <laughs> what has contributed to the weight gain, in your opinion? Oh, several things. <laughs> right? so, I first of all like to tell patients that when you are getting ready to take a health journey or a weight loss journey, you have to have your mind quiet. You have to be able to focus on yourself and have the distractions out of your mind. And what has happened this year is we have so many distractions. Oh, you know, we've, so had, we've had the pandemic. People have been out of work. There have been financial stresses. Yeah. Um, even if you were able to work, maybe you were at working at home. Well, when you're stressed and you're at home, it is so easy to go get a snack. <laughs> so a lot so of us, true. we've had increase in eating in between meals. We've had the stress of homeschooling our children. I know that I have one who's in homeschool, um, which is which is hard. And then I have one who is not able to go to preschool right now, and that's hard too. Mm -hmm. So we're really off our routine. We're worried about so many things. Um, when the human body has stress and has anxiety and worry, your body's going to try to help you deal with that stress because the body thinks, oh, no, you know, this is a fight or flight kind of uh, problem. Let me release some cortisol to help them out and help them, you know, get through this scary thing they're going through. Well, cortisol will make you hungry. Oh. It will make you crave carbs. It will cause insulin resistance. And here we are for an entire year exposed to all yeah. this stress hormone. Right. Uh, it's very hard. And so I, I hope that patients and the people who've struggled with weight during this year, I hope they realize they're not alone. There's so many of us. I'm one of them. I thought this year was hard. Um, and there are things that are going on in your physiology and in your uh, the chemistry in your body mm -hmm. that is triggering you to eat. You know, one more thing is the gyms were closed. Mm -hmm. so true. We weren't, some of us weren't able to keep up with the physical activity that we were doing before. So that also played a part. I think that's such a good point to make because I, especially as a woman, I think it's easy to get 
down on yourself and think like, I just don't have self-control. What is wrong with me? Why can't I stop eating this stuff? And there is some of that definitely, but I think it's such a good point to make that there's some biological things happening that are making you crave that. You know, it's more than just your mindset. You know, I think people who've struggled with their weight and me being one of them, we are not lazy and we are not stupid. You know, we're busy exactly, (laughs) and we're stressed and we got stuff to do. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times we put others' needs before our own Mm -hmm. and that can make it hard to reach your goals sometimes. Absolutely. So why do you think so many of us yo-yo? I mean, that's, that's such a common term now is the yo-yo dieting, you know, we'll take it off, put it back on, take it off, put it back on. Why do you think we do that? Why, why don't we find more consistency? I think we get, you know, we get a good idea. We get a good plan. You know, we're going to do Weight Watchers or whatever we're going to do and we start to do it. But then to use a different metaphor, the storms of life come Mm -hmm. and they can knock you off course. And so I think it's very easy to do that. I wish patients could think of this idea of good, better, and best. You may be having your best day, you're eating protein, you're avoiding the processed foods, um, but maybe you slip up a little bit. Okay, but you did well the rest of the day. That was a good day. It was your best day. We could be better, but I wish people wouldn't make it always black and white all the time because it's so easy to have an indiscretion. You know, you're at work and... Believe it or not, I work at a doctor's office, and you would not believe the food that comes through that place. Oh, you know, yeah. oh, somebody's, it's a baby shower. We can yeah. do that. And you go have one, and then, you know, you feel like you've blown your diet. Exactly. And, um, it's very easy to fall into that thinking where, oh, I've blown it for the day, or I've blown it for the week, I, I just should just give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there, there are things that drive us to eat. Stress is one of them. Uh, being busy is one of them. And sometimes that overcomes our good intentions with the diet. And there are physiologic things. Your mm-hmm. body has mechanisms that make you hungry and your body has mechanisms that are going to help you not to starve to death Um, and those are going to kick in sometimes and they will tell you to eat you will get a strong urge to eat so when we talk about doing bariatric surgery one of the the surgeries that we do is called the sleeve gastrectomy and we literally take out a part of the stomach Mm -hmm. that makes a hunger hormone that makes you hungry and so that is one of the ways we help patients is to literally remove that excess hunger that they have, thereby allowing them to stick with the plan. Yeah. What makes a good candidate for bariatric services? We want to make sure that your insurance is going to cover it. Okay. Uh, So what insurance says is that we need to have a BMI of 40 or greater. That's body mass index. That's your weight in metric over your weight in kilograms over height uh, in meters squared. So uh, I can't do that calculation in my head. I have to look it up. But you have to have BMI 40 or greater, Okay. whether you have any health problems or not. And then some insurances, if you have BMI of 35 or greater, uh, but if you also have diabetes, high blood pressure, sleep apnea, they would also cover. Okay. We have a push in this country to even extend that lower. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a patient with a BMI of 30 to 35 mm-hmm. who may have some really bad diabetes complications or something. They would benefit from surgery. But right now, okay. those two categories are the ones we can do. Patients also have to typically complete some diet visits to satisfy insurance requirements. Okay. I think typical will be six months, although we're positive that as time goes on, those kind of needs from insurance will be lifted. Mm-hmm. And then also people undergo a psychiatric evaluation just to make sure that they are ready to do this mentally. I know towards the end of this episode, we'll certainly get your contact information, but as you're describing this process leading up to a surgical procedure, can any of this be done via virtual care? Oh, 
absolutely. Okay. You can absolutely start the process um, virtually. Um, you can go to our website. It's uh, Baptist Health Medical Group Bariatric Surgery in Lexington. Um, and you can put your info in. There's an online seminar you can watch. In the past, we had patients come in person, but in these days of COVID, it's, it's been a good thing, actually. It's driven us to improve our online seminars, so you don't even have to show up in person to hear the information about your surgical options. That's great. Um, for the diet visits, that's a perfect thing to do virtually uh, because it's talking, you know, we're, yeah. we're just talking to the patient and seeing if there's anything we can work on and sure. we're absolutely set up to do telemedicine. So how else can a prospective patient prepare for success and ultimately for this surgery? I ask patients to do this exercise when they're getting ready for surgery. I say get a blank piece of paper and make two columns. On the left column, I want you to write down what are the barriers to success in your life? And then on the right side, I like them to brainstorm, how do I get around this barrier? So I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, I, I sh- I've struggled with my weight because I'm an emotional eater. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's the barrier to success. So when we brainstorm, what can we do about it? You know, some people would do well talking to a counselor. Mm-hmm. Some people do well starting some anti-anxiety medicine. Some people do well to try to recognize when they're having stress and when they're having strong emotions. And instead of coping with it by eating, find something else that brings you joy and brings you happiness. Like, uh, well, I, I wish this was mine. I like running. <laughs> I'm not, I'm <laughs> That's not, not mine yet. either. <laughs> I don't have the runners high yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it one day. Yeah. But, you know, I like to do crafts. You know, like if I'm yeah. really feeling stressed, I'll sit down and cross stitch. I mean, I know there it sounds go. silly, but there are things that can kind of ping that amygdala, ping that place in your brain that's bringing you pleasure and calm feelings. And we just have to look for those things that don't damage our health. Mm, I think that's so good. And it, it's it's such a a more holistic approach to the problem, right? So it's not so much like, well, you just need to diet or you need to just cut out carbs. That's your answer and kind of slap a Band-Aid on this. It's identifying really what the deeper root cause is and attacking it there. And I love that. It seems like it's so much um, setting you up for such long-term success oh yeah i think all of us we're gonna fight for our health for an entire lifetime mm-hmm. what i love about surgery is i've just given you a bazooka <laughs> you know? yeah. i'm just giving you a really strong weapon and um, we have to maintain and, and i'm a patient who's about three and a half years out and i'm learning what i do to maintain my weight you know mm-hmm. i learned that I, you know, I really do need to exercise regularly, but that's mm-hmm. okay. You know, I can make time for myself to do that. Yeah. I learned that I really, I've got to make sure I get my protein in. Right. I can still have foods that are fun. Yeah. I just don't have them every day. Exactly. <laughs> well, and it's like finding that balance, right? And it's finding things that you can sustain. Like I, I'm like you, I am not a runner. It brings me no joy the whole time. I'm thinking that I'm literally going to die or pass out, but I love weightlifting. So, you know, it's like finding, you don't, you don't have to be a runner. You don't have to be a crossfitter, you know, whatever it is that you can reasonably enjoy and sustain and make a a lifestyle out of is where you should be going. Yeah. Easier to make a habit when you enjoy it. Yeah. So walk us through the after surgery. You've been able to see this from both sides as the patient and as the caregiver. So walk us through kind of what the follow-up care process is, the maintenance after these procedures, and kind of the general expected outcomes for long-term change. Okay. So the housekeeping things after surgery, 
after surgery, you know, you you can't really eat very much, mm -hmm. and we have you on a liquid diet for a while. And mm -hmm. um, but each week you progress up to a little bit of fuller consistency of food and eventually at the end of six weeks you can eat most consistencies of food except for um, steak or pork chops which are a little more solid we have you wait a few months more for that okay. but it's about getting the protein in after surgery we really focus on protein so a lot of people are using a lot of protein supplements and we want to give our patients a lot of options for that so we have a lot of great ideas i have even more ideas since i've been through this yeah <laughs> but um, we want to give you some support on that we want to support our patients, so we will see you quite frequently that first year after surgery, and then we'll back out the visits a little more. But I think that the data has borne out over the years that the people who have the best results are the ones who continue to see their surgeon and stay close to them. That way, if, you, if you're struggling with something, you know, 10 years down the road, you can say, hey, you're, you're going to be fine. Don't forget mm -hmm. to take a walk every day. You know, you're going to be fine. Yeah. So we want to support and encourage patients. I think back to work, a lot of people ask me, when can I go back to work after surgery? Mm -hmm. This is a laparoscopic surgery. Mm -hmm. It's for little holes. There's no giant cuts. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a minimally invasive surgery. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a major surgery, but through tiny holes. And so people can be back to work as soon as one to three weeks, wow. which is amazing. You yeah. know, back 50 years ago, all we had was open gastric bypass and right. it was a 12 hour surgery and you're off work for two months and that's not how things work anymore right. <laughs> it's kind of a minor inconvenience to have the surgery and then you're just you can go back full force pretty soon just listening to you i haven't had the opportunity yet to meet you in person but listening to your passion yeah. and drive and love for this i could imagine a substantial amount of your patients are referrals yeah they are I feel like I see the most patients from word of mouth because yeah, sure. when they come in for the first appointment, I say, do you know anybody who's ever had bariatric surgery? And they say, oh, yes, you operate on my, yes, my, yeah, my yeah. neighbor. And there, it's funny. There's actually a few towns in Kentucky. I, I kind of joke. I'm surprised that there's anyone left in that town who has that <laughs> <laughs> because uh, there's so many referrals. Yeah, but, yes. Um, I, I love that. And I love to have those networks of patients because they can support each other too. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're an island and no one around you knows anything about your lifestyle. But no, your cousin had it and your husband had it. So uh, in my house, my husband and I have both had a sleep gastrectomy and several members of my family. And so we absolutely support each other. It's not like I'm going it alone. You know, my husband will make sure that we eat high protein meals together. And he's been great. Well, speaking of that support, you have a very active Facebook group. Uh, that can be found on the Baptist Health Lexington page. You can uh, easily navigate to your support group. I know you're active on it and your staff is as well. I tune in from time to time and see the interactions between prospective patients and current patients. Um, and there's a lot of support ideas. Uh, it's, it's quite a community that you've built. Oh, yeah, great. You know, today, I just before I talk to you guys, I am uh, working on posting a video uh, that I, I did an interview with a plastic surgeon. And Dr. Michael Lynch, and we talked about body contouring and yeah. how patients uh, could get in, uh, some more information about that if they wanted to. And I imagine that's going to be very popular, but I, I do. I like the, the web page or the Facebook page because we can still keep connected with our patients. Um, it's more than just, oh, I'll see my doctor at their doctor's appointment. Yeah. It's, you know, I'll see my doctor every Friday for a Facebook lab. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's been great. Listening to you talk, it's almost like uh, you become kind of their 
pseudo primary care physician, almost like making connections to, okay, well, you know, maybe you need an anti-anxiety medication. Let me refer you over to whatever, or maybe you need a counselor, or maybe you need some body contouring now. And you, you become such a resource for these people. It's much more, sounds to me like it's a much deeper connection than just, you know, I, I have a sore throat, I need a, you know, a prescription or whatever. It's like, you've really invested in these people's lives. Oh yeah. We, um, you know, in our office, we have two surgeons, there's me and then there's Dr. Weiss. But if we stop at, um, what we can do with our hands, you know, cutting and so suturing and stapling, if that's all we do, I don't think we've given you everything we can give you to be the most successful. You need support. Yeah. Um, and so absolutely. And I, you know, I am not a primary care physician. I am a surgeon. Right. Um, yes. I kind of, I don't have the right personality to be a surgeon, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of friendly, but I, I, I do. Absolutely. I say, you know, it sounds like you're a little stressed and we never want to be judgmental. We never want to yeah. say you're a hot mess. You yeah. Know, but I say, it sounds like you've got some stress in your life. I wonder if anxiety is helping, is making it hard for you to reach your goals. Here's some resources. You could talk to your PCP about starting medicine. You know, we have some great um, uh, psychologists and counselors that that we can send you to. And I think that's important, too, because, my goodness, who hasn't struggled with emotional eating? Who hasn't used food as a coping mechanism? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, I, I would think. Very few people haven't. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a part of this too. You know, mm-hmm. surgery doesn't, we can't cut off emotional eating with a knife. Right. <laughs> Boy, that'd be great if we could. Yeah, it would. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we can support you and give you resources that you need to be successful. Let me ask you, if someone received surgery years ago from a different provider, even a different or a dated procedure that we don't necessarily offer today or it's more popular, what do you offer in terms of revisions? And when would someone be a candidate for a revision? Okay, so I would say one of the most common revisions that we do is if somebody has had a prior lap band or adjustable gastric band. Mm -hmm. This procedure was very popular uh, 20, 30 years ago. As with everything, we're always doing improvements and surgery has evolved. And now we have sleeve gastrectomy, which have much better weight loss. But Mm -hmm. if someone has a band, that's no big deal. They haven't met their goals. They haven't done what they wanted to do. We can absolutely take it out and take you to a sleeve. You know, some people have had a gastric bypass, and it was a long time ago, and maybe they're, you know, the pouch is stretched or something. We could absolutely work with you on that. Um, I would say that we do probably most revisions in the area at our practice. So if you're not sure if you're a candidate, just come see us. You know, we can talk about your particular surgery and your anatomy and come up with something to help you. I want to address here too, and I, I feel like you'll be the perfect person to speak to this. There is a common judgment or or misconception, I think, that this is the easy way out. You know, that, well, why don't you just work a little harder? Why don't you just eat right and exercise? But no, you have to go get surgery to lose your weight. What would you say to to those uh, assumptions or to those judgments? I think those judgments probably come from a place of not being well-educated about the biology of obesity. Mm -hmm. And they are judgmental, and I think they're hurtful. So I hope if anyone hears any messages like that, that you just discard them because they're not true. I don't believe they're true. Mm-hmm. The American Society of Metabolic and Bariatric Surgeons, you know, thousands of experts do not believe they're true. Yeah. But, you know, for, to have true understanding of this, 
there are things in the biology of people who struggled with weight that makes it hard, whether it's genetic. They think maybe 50% of your adult weight may be due to your genetics. Wow. And, and we don't know what every gene is, but I'm suspecting when we do get it all unraveled, it'll be, you know, we have more hunger or mm. we can't tell when we're full mm-hmm. or we may be predisposed to have anxiety, which we, you know, self-medicate with, yeah. with food. I mean, I think those are the things we're going to flesh out over the years. Okay. And so, um, no, I, I don't think this is the easy way out. Listen, yeah. if people could lose a hundred pounds on their own, they do it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a surgeon. You know, I'm, I'm no dummy. If I could lose a hundred pounds now, I would do it. <laughs> I'm a very disciplined person, but it was more than that. It's, I, I feel like I truly had some things working against me that were, that I couldn't see, you know, right. bi- biologically, but surgery has been a, a huge tool for me and it has really taken the edge off doing, you know, doing healthy things, you know, eating high protein, exercising, it's helped me so much. And yeah, I just, I just hope people don't listen to those negative messages. And I hope that they, you know, just get phased out and people stop talking like that. It's just not true. I just thought that was so important to touch on while we had you, because you do hear those. And I know, I mean, it is damaging. It is one of those things that I think becomes kind of the soundtrack in your head and is hard to shake, especially when you're seeing it reinforced in the media and on the, you know, from celebrities in the mainstream, um, narrative. So before we wrap up, um, for those listening that maybe aren't quite at that threshold of needing surgery, but they, but they've been struggling this year, especially what are some tips for those folks as to how to get back on track? Maybe some of the stuff that you teach in your nutrition counseling, what, what are some places that they can start to kind of head back in the right direction if they're not at the point where they need surgery yet? Two big things that I've talked to people a lot about this year. Uh, number one is decreasing snacking in between meals. It's been a real snacky year for yeah. a lot of reasons. You know, the kids are snacking because they're at home for yeah. school. So I would say just try to limit yourself to breakfast, lunch, and dinner and just kind of corral all that food into one meal and um, and that way, you're doing a couple of things. You know, you're not spiking your insulin between meals, which kind of makes it hard to lose weight. And then also, you know, sometimes what we gravitate to for snacks is some things that don't have as much nutritional value, like some high-carb foods. So I would say try to eliminate snacking. If you're hungry in between meals, have a big glass of water and try to get to the next one. And then the next thing I would say is simplify what you're eating. If you're eating a lot of things that are processed, try to cut those out. You know, eat meat, eat vegetables, eat dairy, eat cheese, eat eggs, eat high protein foods, but don't, don't be looking for um, something like fast. You pop in the microwave, try to get back to some just good old whole foods. Yeah. Not, not the grocery store, right? <laughs> good old whole foods, you know, that are, that are simple and you know, what's in them and you know that it's good for you. You can pronounce the ingredients, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, before we let you go, where should somebody start if they're listening today and they think they do maybe fit the criteria that you've described and they're ready to take action toward their health and they maybe want to contact you about being a candidate for surgery? What do they do next and how can they get in contact with you? So our office number is 859-543-1577 and you can call and say you would like a new patient packet and they can mail that to you or you can drop by and pick it up. Okay. Um, also, we have a website. Um, and it is, oh goodness, I don't have the URL. We'll have to post it, but um, it's Baptist Health Medical Group Bariatric Surgery Lexington. And this is how you find us on the web. And there's a lot of good resources, and we're we're adding new things all the time. Great. So, and then also, if you want to search for our Facebook page, um, if you're really truly interested, um, you can join that. It's Baptist Health Weight Loss, 
Dr. Paige Quintero and Dr. Derek Weiss. Great. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for making time for us today. Oh, thank you so much. Y'all have a great day. You too. If you know a friend or family member who would benefit from this episode or who might want to learn more about bariatric services or weight loss, send them a link so they can download and stream this episode themselves. While you're at it, make sure you're subscribed to Health Talks Now so that you don't miss any of the future content we put out. As Dr. Paige Quintero mentioned, you can visit BaptistHealthLexington.com and search under services to find bariatric care and learn more about the team, as well as start your journey today by getting that weight loss packet. We'll see you next time on Health Talks Now. Thanks for tuning in to Health Talks Now. Staying healthy is a lifelong commitment, and Baptist Health can provide the support you need to lower your risks, improve your quality of life, and protect your long-term health. Visit baptisthealth.com to hear our other podcasts, learn about our services, and find more tips to help you stay a step ahead of your health. Baptist Health, be a healthier you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as medical advice. The content in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast is not designed to replace a physician's medical assessment and medical judgment. Always seek the advice of your physician with any questions or concerns you may have related to your personal health or regarding specific medical conditions. To find a Baptist Health provider, please visit baptisthealth.com.